Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and the podcast when you follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Walk in Truth Show. Now, here's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1-12, through 12, called, To God Be the Glory. See, if someone is always flattering and always telling you, we, look, we love to hear what we want to hear. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. They, I, I go in there and they tell me I'm good enough and I'm smart enough and there's a champion in me and I, know I can do it. And I'm, well, I need, wow! And then I trip in the parking lot. Alistair Begg had a rant one time. He said, you know, Sometimes in some of these modern extreme positive thought movements, here's what happens. Uh, someone finally gets up the courage to walk into a Christian church on a Sunday morning. And maybe they've been agonizing over it for a long time. And they finally drummed up the courage to walk in and they slip into the back row in a church. And then a guy gets up there and it's a rah-rah session and he's telling everybody how great they are and how good they are and how smart they are and they're conquerors and champions. And he said, and the one thing that person in the back row knows is that he desperately knows how broken and in trouble he is. And he knows that not one thing that was said from that front is true. He came into the church in desperate brokenness to find out if there's a remedy for his sin and his struggles and his fallenness. And he was told, you're okay, I'm okay, we're all okay, kumbaya, have a great day. That's not what we need. And it's not the truth. The truth is that humanity is in desperate need of a Savior. And his name is Jesus. Amen? And, and Paul says, I call God as my witness. LaFontaine said, learn that every flatterer lives at the flattered listener's cost. Close quote. God is our witness. We didn't seek the glory of men. We didn't do it for greed either from you, we didn't want your glory, or from others. Even though as apostles of Christ, we might have asserted our authority, some believe that this could have to do with financial support, which the context seems to uh, bear out. Turn for a moment to John 5. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So Jesus often had encounters with the religious leadership of the day. They weren't all um, bad. Some of them came to believe in the Lord Jesus, but Many of them were in it for the money and the power. And Jesus knew, John 5. And so this is just one of many exchanges. But take a look at John 5, 41. I do not receive glory from men, says Jesus, 5, 41. But I know you, that you do not have the love of God in yourselves. Ouch. John 5, 42. Your Savior just said that to a group of religious leaders. You do not have the love of God in you. I have come in my Father's name, 543, and you do not receive me. If another shall come in his own name, you will receive him. How can you believe when you receive glory from one another and you do not seek the glory that is from the one and only God? How could you humble yourself and believe in God when your main concern is the glory that you give to one another. Do you know 
that so much of our lives comes down to how we think other people perceive us. What, what a losing battle that is. If I could remind you, and I know that we all have, back to 1 Thessalonians 2, we all have people-pleasing tendencies to some degree, and I understand the dynamics of it. But sometimes, I think we may think that people think about us more than they actually think about us. See, some of us, we are, we are imprisoned by even our perception of what others think about us. It might not even be reality, but that person looked at me weird. What does weird mean? Do you know that they are weird? <laughs> Sometimes I've said, do you know that they look at me that way every week? <laughs> I mean, hey, some people are weird. It's not always about you or what you did wrong. Oh no, what did I do? Probably nothing. If you did something, then own it and deal with it. Are you with me? You, you could be imprisoned by trying to worry about the glory of man. And by the way, the glory of man's going to fade. They'll kick you to the curb in a microsecond. Have you realized that? People can be largely fickle. If you have some people, a small group faithful to you, praise the Lord. It's just the reality of life. Seven, we prove to be gentle, 1 Thessalonians 2, 7, among you as a nursing mother. Some say this is a nurse to her own kids. Some believe a nursing mother. Whatever it is, it's a maternal dimension to their ministry in Thessalonica. We like, we prove to be gentle among you as or like a nursing mother tenderly cares for her own children. Man, I have a lot of respect for nursing moms because those babies are demanding. And as a husband, you usually say, honey, I wish I could help, but <laughs> later going, you rascal. <laughs> honey, the baby's hungry. Anybody remember this? The, the baby's hungry. <laughs> Can you, honey, I can't help. You got the milk. I don't got the milk. And that baby? <laughs> Nursing moms are amazing. They operate with very little sleep. It's a wonder that they don't destroy more things during the day, right? And some of the moms, some of the younger moms, when the husband comes home, this, is, this explains a lot, guys. You've got to listen to this. This is why they say, take this child at least for 20 minutes. Calgon, take me away. Just let him take a bath. Turn on the jacuzzi if you got one. This is about survival, gentlemen. <laughs> All right, anyway, there's one image. Verse 8. I like the way the NIV re reads in verse 8. It says, we loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well, because you had become dear to us. Some rare, uh, in fact, this wording is nowhere else in the New Testament. It's very rare in Greek as well, but it speaks of a fond affection. And Paul says, look, we, we, not only do we want to give you the gospel, but we wanted to give you our lives. Man, when you get in a circle with other Christians, some of you guys are in a small group right now. I got a text from a friend that um, 
his spouse is going to be baptized this afternoon in their small group. What a precious, beautiful thing. You know, if you, if you have a group of small, uh, a small group of people that you do a Bible study with, I, I have a men's group on Thursday morning I'm part of. It's just such a rich time. We go back and forth, we encourage, we exhort, we challenge. Uh, you know, the guys, as, as uh, iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. It's, it's so encouraging because it, it tells me I'm not alone and tells me other guys are like me and they have similar struggles and we can make it together. It's just so beautiful. Okay, finally, the last three verses are going to, or four verses are about their, their example. All right, so we talked about their, uh, what do we say? What was the heading I gave you? Uh, oh, the behavior, now the example. So the visit, behavior, now their example. Verse nine. For you recall, brethren, our labor and hardship, working night and day. Paul was a tent maker or a leather worker. So it would appear that when they were in Thessalonica, Paul was working. In fact, Verse 9 says, they worked night and day. So as not to be a burden to any of you, we proclaim to you the gospel of God. Some years ago, I was, uh, I was pastoring the church in the early days of the church. Some of you remember those real early days. I was actually bivocational. So I was working in a printing company as an account exec. And I was pastoring the church. And I had a lot of things going on. And so I remember I went down and visited one of my professors. And it was at the school. And he, and he goes, how's it going, Michael? And I said, well, you know, I, I'm pastoring this church and uh, it's small, but, you know, we're growing. And, and, uh, but, and I'm also working a full-time job and I got my little violin out and I was hoping I would get some words of comfort from my professor. Yeah, I'm working a full-time job and pastoring the church. Got to prepare my sermons from nine to one in the morning because I don't want to do it while my kids are awake. Sympathy, come on. You know what he said to me? Oh, well, I'm teaching here, and I'm working a construction job, and I'm loading shelves at a grocery market, and I'm also leading over here, and I was like, ah, rats. <laughs> I just got one-upped by my professor when I was crying. Maybe I should stop crying. <laughs> It would appear that they were working night and day in their trade, Paul and Silas. We know Paul, at least Paul, we know, was a tent maker. And it would appear that they were doing their witnessing maybe also in the work environment, which so many of you have an opportunity to do. I will tell you this. I've been in full-time ministry for 20 years, but there's something I miss about being in the secular work environment, and that is I had a lot more interaction with unbelievers at work. So I appreciate being here full-time and being able to give everything to the ministry. However, there's an aspect of being in a company that I miss because I had a lot of opportunities to share the gospel with people. You are witnesses, and so is God. How devoutly and uprightly and blamelessly we behave toward you believers. Notice that Paul is saying, you can bear witness to how we acted. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Please take the time to visit our website, walkintruth.com, to learn more about the program. And if you've been listening for some time and appreciate what the program has to offer, would you please consider giving a small donation? Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry, and we're able to broadcast on this station and do the podcast because of that support. 
That's also how we're able to do our 633 apologetic events for free. If you're a new listener, please don't give. We're just blessed that you're listening. But if you've been listening for a while, can you give $5 today? We believe that the Lord is faithful, and your $5 donation will go a long way to help us keep this ministry going. You can give your $5 donation when you visit walkintruth.com and click on Donate. That's walkintruth.com and click on Donate. Life on the go can make it difficult to catch up on your study in the Bible. If you think about it, Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance is here for you, kind of like a daily supplement to help your spiritual growth. You can listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want because it's on podcast too. Subscribe to Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. For example, if you have an iPhone, we're on your iPodcast app already on your phone. Walk in Truth is also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. So listen on your hike, during your drive, or while you're getting work done at a coffee shop. Basically, listen whenever you want. Subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. Some years ago, I was... uh... I was pastoring the church in the early days of the church. Some of you remember those real early days. I was actually bivocational. So I was working in a printing company as an account exec. And I was pastoring the church. And I had a lot of things going on. And so I remember I went down and visited one of my professors. And it was at the school. And he, and he goes, how's it going, Michael? And I said, well, you know, I, I'm pastoring this church. And uh, it's small, but, you know, we're growing. And and, uh, but, and I'm also working a full-time job, and I got my little violin out, and I was hoping I would get some words of comfort from my professor. Yeah, I'm working a full-time job, and pastoring the church. Got to prepare my sermons from 9 to 1 in the morning because I don't want to do it while my kids are awake. Sympathy, come on. You know what he said to me? Oh, well, I'm teaching here, and I'm working... A construction job and I'm loading shelves at a grocery market and I'm also leading over here and I was like, ah, rats. <laughs> I just got one-upped by my professor when I was crying. Maybe I should stop crying. <laughs> it would appear that they were working night and day in their trade, Paul and Silas. We know Paul, at least Paul, we know was a tent maker. And would appear that they were doing their witnessing maybe also in the work environment, which so many of you have an opportunity to do. I will tell you this. I've been in full-time ministry for 20 years, but there's something I miss about being in the secular work environment. And that is, I had a lot more interaction with unbelievers at work. So I appreciate being here full-time and being able to give everything to the ministry. However, there's an aspect of being in a company that I miss because I had a lot of opportunities to share the gospel with people. You are witnesses, and so is God, how devoutly and uprightly and blamelessly we behave toward you believers. Notice that Paul is saying, you can bear witness to how we acted. Just as you know, 11, how we were exhorting and encouraging and imploring each one of you. Second image, we had a nursing mother. Now we have, as a father would his own children. Some of the commentators have said that you need to see the nursing mother or the mother who's a nurse in the idea of how they cared for the flock. 
And you need to see verse 11 in the idea of how they taught the flock. You know, some of you remember, and maybe it's, maybe it's not around anymore, but mom would often say, just wait till your father gets home. And I grew up in an Italian household, uh, and they would throw things at us. My grandmother would be sitting on the chair, and she wasn't really mobile in my memories of her, and she would throw things. If me and my sister were out of line, she would throw anything that was near, a shoe, a TV remote. It didn't really matter what it was. And it would return to her. It would hit us in the head and fly back to her. And she'd put it back in her holster and go, that's what you get for being a brat. We're like, how did she do that? She's got a boomerang on the remote control. And then my grandfather was a barber. In fact, he was known as the barber. And he had a razor belt. Anybody know what a razor belt is? Let's just put it this way. It's comparable to a rod in the New Testament. <laughs> it ain't fun. And grandpa, when we were playing as kids, he whistled. And that's all he would do. And if you didn't come from a five-mile radius in response to that whistle, you were in trouble. And you were not going to get any pasta fajoule that night. <laughs> Why you didn't come when I called you? Grandpa, we didn't hear you. What do you mean you didn't hear me? <laughs> you didn't mess with the barber, man. And then my mother, who will hopefully be at second service today, she used the wooden spoon. The wooden spoon is what you stir spaghetti sauce with. She'd also get out the pizza paddle. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a little extreme. Anyway, but she used it. Now, this is what mom would do. She would just shake the drawer where the wooden spoon is, and we, ah, we go running. I remember many times as a kid locking myself in the bathroom so my mom couldn't get to me. I'm going to break down this door. I said, I repent in the bathroom. Anyway, let's move on. Paul was like a spiritual father. One writer said, Lord, make us like nursing mothers who aren't angry with the demands and crying of our children. Make us like brothers who are working together and relating to each other. Make us like fathers who are not afraid to speak the truth. And finally, so that you may walk in a manner worthy of the God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. See, this is what you need to walk worthy. You need mamas and daddies and brothers to encourage you. That's why we are the family of God. Amen? That's why we're the church. We need each other. And my encouragement to you is to become a vital part of this organism because this organism is going all the way into eternity. The church is going all the way into eternity. Everything else here? But the church is going all the way into eternity. Would you uh, bow your heart for a moment? I'm going to read to you just a praise passage from Revelation, and we're done. I want you just to kind of drink this in. They sang a new song saying, Worthy art thou to take the book and to break its seals, for you were slain and you did purchase for God with your blood men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. 
Thou hast made them to be a kingdom and priests to our God, and they will reign upon the earth. And I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands. And they said with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And every created thing which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all things in them I heard saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing, honor, and glory and dominion forever and ever. Father, thank you for Jesus coming to rescue us. We want to walk in a manner worthy of the calling. We want to balance the scales, so to speak. You are worth our best. Thank you for this wonderful church family, Lord, that's gathered Some are on live stream, some are here. That really doesn't matter in the end. What matters is that we've sat before you at your feet. We've been together and we want to move forward together. Help us to walk worthy of the one who called us. Let us live a worthy life, uh, serving you. Whatever we do, whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, help us to do it to the glory of God. If you've not met Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this can be your moment. Why would you wait? You can experience the glory of God in your life. You can have him come and invade your life, but you got to turn to him right now. You got to turn away from your sin and open your heart to Jesus. And the Bible says you will be saved. Repent of your sin and trust in Jesus. Say to him, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. I believe you rose from the dead. I turn from my sin and I place my trust in you. I want to live a life that brings the God who made me glory. I want to know you. You've been listening to To God Be the Glory, part three on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program or part one or two, you can listen on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. In case you didn't know, Michael Lance is the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. So if you live here in good old SoCal, we'd love it if you joined us for any one of our church services, Bible studies, or one of our many events we do throughout the year. Stay up to date by downloading the Living Truth app. It's the one with the red logo with the pillars. Now, here's Pastor Michael with some final words. Well, as we grow in our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, I think we want to go deeper. We like weighty things, weighty subjects, going deeper. I know, you know, sometimes as a new Christian, you're just kind of getting your feet wet and getting used to the order of the books of the Bible. But as you grow, you want to go deeper and mine the depths as much as we can as humans of the glory of God, that which is weighty. There's nothing more weighty, more powerful, more glorious than the glory of God. And that's really what this is all about. Now, speaking of the glory of God, we're going to be talking about the coming glory, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, our crown at his coming, which is really the theme verse for First and Second Thessalonians, it's about the glorious return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And boy, it is going to be a display of glory like the world has never seen. See, in a darkened sky, in the future to come, when the natural lights go out, this is how the Bible paints it, Jesus is coming in his splendor and 
all the angels with him. I get excited about thinking about the return of our king, and that's what's coming ahead as we move through First and Second Thessalonians here on Walk in Truth. Now, if you want to get into some midweek Bible study and worship, we do a midweek service here at Living Truth Christian Fellowship, where I serve as senior pastor. In the city of Corona, we're right off the 91 Freeway and Lincoln Avenue. And the midweek service, as we go through the book of Psalms, Medicine for the Soul, such an incredible book, starts at 7 p.m. We have a time of worship. We have a time when you can get to know some others and fellowship. And we have a time of teaching as we go verse by verse through a specific psalm. This will be medicinal for your soul. It will be a good midweek lift in your walk, and we invite you to come on out. Now, this is live streamed as well on our YouTube channel, but there's nothing like joining with the corporate body in worship live, and we'd love to have you. 7 p.m. midweek service, Living Truth. You can get information and directions when you download the Living Truth app in your app store, look for the red logo with the pillars, or Go to walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. We would love to have you, love to meet you, and love to worship the Lord with you. We'll see you right here tomorrow. And one more thing before we go, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Did you know your $5 donation really helps us to broadcast on radio, provide the podcast, and do free apologetic events? It's all part of our mission to equip you with the truth in the Bible and to help you apply it to today's issues, trends, and cultures. So if you could, please give your donation at walkintruth.com, and we do thank you. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 13 through 20, called Our Crown at His Coming. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.